And here we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. Thrilled to be back on the air today. My name is Eddie Cohn. I am the host, the creator of the Spiritual Spiral. I'm going to try and bring some sense, some context, some nuance to our culture today. I'm back in LA. I was in Mexico for about six, seven days. And I come back to Los Angeles and I feel a little hopeless. I feel really disappointed in the way human beings are behaving. And I want to be a little bit more positive. I want to somehow find the positive, but it's really challenging. We're in the midst of the coronavirus insanity where people are losing their minds. And listen to this. This is crazy. People, Corona beer, the purchase of Corona beer has been going down because people out there actually believe that coronavirus can be attributed to the drinking of the beer. That's number one. Number two, if you go to Target or Costco, all the antibacterial soap, hand products, toilet paper, it's all sold out because people are freaking out that there's a pandemic that's going to be happening here in America any single day. It's crazy. And the media is creating the insanity. It is driving me bananas, for lack of a better word. I've completely, almost completely lost faith in the human race. It is, it's mind-boggling to me how easily manipulated and controlled we are by technology, and in this case, the media. I was in Mexico for six days. I'm looking around and people are just walking up and down the beach and nobody seems to be worried about the coronavirus and people aren't really thinking about it or talking about it. And I certainly wasn't thinking about it or talking about it. But as soon as I get back into America and pick up the New York Times or turn on the news or read about what's happening nonstop every moment is... Somebody new just became diagnosed with coronavirus, or this person just was diagnosed, or this person's in the hospital. And I was thinking, if the news reported how often somebody was diagnosed with cancer, maybe people would stop smoking cigarettes. Maybe people would move to cities where the environment was better. Maybe people would drive more electric cars to help with the environment. I mean, the way that the media is reporting every single case of the coronavirus, no wonder people are freaking out. They, the media, is creating chaos. Go to Costco, go to Walmart, go to any of these major retailers, and you're going to see lines down the street, people freaking out because of the coronavirus. And again, I... Obviously, I hope I'm right here, and obviously, I hope it doesn't become a pandemic, 
And I don't mean to poo-poo or be naive here about the potential harm that this outbreak could have on our society. But I just read a book by Michael Eric Dyson, which I highly recommend. It's called Jay-Z. But here's just a little reminder here, and I'm going to read a post that he posted on Instagram. The panic around the coronavirus can be greater than the virus itself. Thus far, the flu is deadlier, yet folks are not getting vaccines and proper care to deter the spread of germs. Wash your hands for at least 30 seconds. Keep your hands away from your face, mouth, and nose. The panic has cleared the shelves and warehouses of all antibacterial wipes and hand sanitizers. Remember, the CDC estimates that influenza has resulted in between 9 million to 45 million illnesses, between 140,000 and 800,000 hospitalizations, and between 12 to 60,000 deaths annually since 2010. Those numbers are far greater than the coronavirus. But the media is taking advantage of human beings' ease in which they can be manipulated. It really makes me lose faith that human beings can stand up against the manipulation of social media and the, manip- and the manipulation of the media. We need a little common sense here. And what's so crazy to me, and I posted something on Instagram a few days ago, sort of making fun of the coronavirus. You know, I go to the bathroom, let's say, four or five times a day. I cannot tell you how many times, I'm just throwing a number out, maybe it's eight eight times a day, I'm not really particularly sure, but it's somewhere probably between five and ten times a day. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I see a guy not wash his hands after being in the bathroom. I can't tell you how many times I see a guy holding a cell phone with his right hand as he's in front of the urinal. I can't tell you how many times I see guys walking into the stall, sitting on the stall, taking a shit while obviously holding their phone. I mean, people are so clueless when it comes to germs Just common sense, washing your hands, not holding your phone while you're taking a piss. It's just mind-boggling to me. Just a little reminder here. Slow down. Take a deep breath. Don't Don't watch the news right now, for God's sakes. Do not watch the news. Because all they're doing is creating more panic. Again, this is Eddie Cohn, the host, the creator of The Spiritual Spiral, talking about trying to make sense of our culture sometimes, trying to make sense of the world that we live in, especially now with social media and Instagram seemingly taking over the world. You You know what kind of world we live in now, thanks to social media? People don't want to follow rules. People feel overly privileged. People feel like they can do whatever they want. And of course, I'm not talking about robbing a bank, you know, or 
driving drunk. I mean, those are obvious rules that we should all follow. But there are sort of the minor rules that people feel like they don't need to follow. You know, I was at the grocery store today, and this is just so funny to me. I'm in the line where it's, it's at Sprouts in Westwood, and I'm in the line where uh, it's 10 items or less. And there's like three people in front of me. There's two, two women, both Persian. Not that that really even matters, but I'm just pointing out that they're Persian. And then there's me, and then there's a basket on the ground. And in this basket, I counted at least 20 items. And these two women are talking about the woman who's, who owns, whose basket this is of items. And she's not anywhere to be seen. And I'm coming, I'm finding out that she had to run to her car to get a bag. And these two women are talking back and forth and basically saying, well, I, I, I don't know where she is, but you know, I'm, I, I'm glad that I got my stuff down before hers. And look, she even has way more than 10 items. So she really shouldn't even be in this line. And that's, of course, that's, of course, what I'm thinking. And so this woman comes back with her bag and she goes in front of her basket and picks it up. And I, of course, well, I was, I was hesitant to say something, but then I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to say something. And so I say to her, I say, you know, lady, you have a lot more than 10 items, so you need to go into another line. And so those two Persian women that are talking to each other, they suddenly say, yeah, you should have gone into another line. And then she's, the, the woman with over 20 items says something like, well, there's no other line available. And then I look to my left and I go, what are you talking about? There's one right there. Oh, she goes, oh, I didn't even see it. So then she walks away and goes into the other line. And of course, that other line has like lots of people in it. But then one of the Persian women comes over to me and she says, wow, thank you so much for saying something. You know, people are just so privileged today. They feel like they can do anything they want. You know, And then she said something like, you know, she knew that she had more than 10 items, but she felt like she could just get away with it. And of course, I said something like to her, I said something like, yeah, I felt like kind of like an asshole though for saying something. And she's, no, I'm glad you did. I wish I could have said something, but I'm happy that you said something. It's crazy. I just, I find it so interesting where people don't want to follow simple rules. And I was on the airplane flying back from Cancun and in our row, it's it's so funny. This is going to happen to me. I feel like every time I fly right now, but in our row is this woman holding her phone. And actually, so we're about to take off. We're, we're taxiing. And you know me, and if you've listened to my podcast before, you know it drives me insane when people are still texting or talking on the phone while the airplane is taxiing. I mean, there's a reason why the pilot and the flight attendants tell us to put our phone in airplane mode. Apparently, it's okay if maybe like four or five people on the plane are not in airplane mode and they're talking. But I guess if the whole plane was all on the phone, texting and talking, there is the risk that it could affect the radar or the pilot's usage of his systems. So they kindly ask people to get off their freaking, off their freaking smartphone. So um, we're taxing. I'm going to say that she's Asian only because... She was speaking some foreign dialect, and at first I thought, well, you know, maybe she didn't understand when the flight attendant said, 
everybody needs to put their phone in airplane mode. But then I'm thinking to myself, she's probably in her 30s. It's not like it's the first freaking time that she's been on an airplane. She has to know that you can't be talking on the phone. I never would have said anything to the flight attendant if she was texting, but she's literally, phone is up to her ear. She's talking. And so I I buzzed a little buzzer above my head and tell the flight attendant very discreetly, you know, the woman down down the row is talking on her phone and we're taxing. And she says, thank you very much. And the woman leans over next to me and says, you know, thank you for saying something because that really bothers me. So I know I'm not the only one that gets bothered by these things, but people don't feel comfortable saying something. And I understand why you don't want to say something because it can create a bit of awkwardness. There's the potential for some conflict. Somebody may get pissed off at you, but When it comes to my safety, and I think sometimes when it comes to my time, I value my time. And if there's this woman in the line with 25 items when it's only supposed to be 10 and it's busy and there's only two lines available and I'm in the one with under 10 items, you know, that that sort of bothers me. And if the woman down the row on my airplane is talking on her phone while we're taxing and we're about to take off. I mean, yeah, the chance of us crashing is probably very slim, but I don't want to take a chance. So I'm going to say something and it may piss people off. It may make them feel uncomfortable and I may get a little uncomfortable because they may get upset, but I guess I just don't really care. And I think it's important, you know, again, I can't stand the call out culture. But there's a difference. To me, this isn't calling out somebody. The call-out culture to me is when you call out somebody on a public social media platform for people in the world to see. It's different. It's becoming more of a performance in that situation. But when you're in your day-to-day life, it's okay to tell somebody, hey, you know, you shouldn't do that. To me, that's healthy. To me, that's appropriate. To me, that's an important type of behavior that I know, Leo. (laughs) He thinks so too. I still think that type of behavior is important right now. So a couple more segments before I let you go. I think, you know what's crazy? I think it's important to be honest about things or people that you don't like sometimes. Instagram and Facebook have created a world where you're only allowed to speak up if you like something. And then if you don't like something, then you're a hater. Or you're complaining. I just don't like that dichotomy that we've created. Literally, Instagram and Facebook and social media have dwindled people down to little robots. And you can't express yourself. So I'm going to take this moment to express myself and tell you that I've never liked Spike Lee. Go ahead. You could hate me for that. 
I like his movies. I certainly thought Do the Right Thing was great. I loved Jungle Fever. I loved Black Klansman. I thought it was really well done. I, I appreciate how he is bringing up very important issues into our culture. And I think that is incredibly valuable. And we need that. We need that now more than ever. But whatever I've seen Spike Lee pictures, not even pictures, videos of him talking, he just seems angry and bitter. And again, I don't know him personally. He may have dealt with a lot of racism over his, in, over his life, but I don't feel, it feels to me as though he throw out the victim card or yell or scream or complain if something turned the wrong way. And he just oozes a lot of bitterness. And sure enough, this is in the news now. He has been a huge New York Knicks fan for years. I'm sure if you know that, he's, he's a big-time sports fan. Something happens, and this is, this is what's so really, this is important to talk about. We don't know what the truth is anymore. Everybody speaks their mind as if it's their truth. And nobody can be objective. And apparently Spike Lee has been going through an entrance the entire time he's been a season ticket holder. And I guess it's the employee entrance. Well, last night, the guards or the police at Madison Square Garden told him that he needs to use the VIP entrance instead. And he needs to, which is, I guess, the entrance where actors use, the entrance that actors use. And Spike Lee was offended and completely went insane and started yelling, telling them that they should arrest him, being completely overly dramatic, playing the victim card. And then he goes on to ESPN the next day on the first take and tries to recap the story. And I have to play a clip for you just to sort of show the insanity. Basically, we live in a world now where, again, people think they can do what they want. And they feel overly privileged. And if you are called out or told that you can't do something, well, then your reaction is to completely freak out and pull out the victim card. And that's exactly what Spike Lee is doing. So here we go. I'm going to play this clip. I'm going to play the clip, the insane clip. I'm not going to play all of it because it's just too much. And I can't stand listening to him. But Spike Lee is a guy who, he's not trying to diffuse the situation. He's never been that way. He's trying to bring more awareness and more drama to the situation. So here's the clip. I've been using the same entrance for 28 plus years. The employee's entrance on 33rd Street. Yesterday, last night, I go in, my ticket gets scanned. I'm in. I want you know the elevator. Yes. Go in the elevator. An elevator. I, also, people have their ticket scanned also. And elevator's not moving. And the security guy comes to me and says, we need you to get off the elevator. I said, for what? So we, well, we could speak about it now. I said, I'm not getting out of the elevator. So it's another five minutes. Then they finally send the elevator up because they know I'm not getting out the elevator. Get on the elevator. As you know, people don't know, the garden floor is on the fifth floor. Elevator go up to five and security's waiting for you like it just ran out of Macy's stealing something. And they said, you, this guy, security guy, they're all, this comes from the top. He says, Mr. Lee, you have to 
leave Madison Square Garden. They wanted me to leave the garden, walk outside, down, out to 33rd Street, and play where I came from, walk outside, and come back on 31st Street. And I said, I'm not doing that. First of all, you scan my ticket. You can't scan a ticket twice. Also, I know that once you leave a sporting arena event, you can't come back in. So I don't trust these guys, so I'm not going for the okie doke Oh, please. These guys. Come on, Leo. Get off my lap. I've, I've, I've played enough. My point here is, is that listen to how overly privileged and spoiled he sounds. I'm not going to go outside. I'm not going get to get off the elevator. I mean, give me a break. Slow the ego down, lower the ego, listen to what the security guys are telling you. He just doesn't want to listen. And I look, I wasn't there. I don't know what the hell was going on because the security guards are telling a different story. Spike Lee's telling his story. But then people, because Spike Lee is Spike Lee, he is able to go on ESPN and share his story. And then people are going all berserk saying that James Dolan, the New York, the New York Knicks owners are racist and this is how he's always been. And, you know, then they're saying Spike Lee has been a season ticket holder for 15, 20 years. He's the best season ticket holder. How can they treat him this way? He isn't the best season ticket holder. He is the most visible and the most vocal season ticket holder because he always wears outfits or tries to make himself seen at these games. But I guarantee you there's plenty of other season ticket holders that have spent just as much money as he has. And if they were told to go to a different elevator, they would have said, oh, sure, whatever, I'll go to a different elevator. But because he's egomaniacal Spike Lee, he's not going to listen to what the security guards are telling him. And then he's going to go on First Take or ESPN and vomit out the story and make a big hubbub out of nothing. This is all nothing. Why I'm bringing it up is because this is what goes on every single day in our culture. People making stories out of nothing. It's what the media is doing right now with the coronavirus. Every single like half hour, hour, the media LA Times is reporting some new person was diagnosed with, with the coronavirus, making a story out of it, making it a drama. It has to stop. Really excited to welcome... A friend of mine, he's an actor, writer, and a trainer here in L.A., Andy Harris. I'll be speaking to him on the show. I think that's actually going to be my 100th episode, which is surreal to think about, but I can't believe I'm going to be hitting 100 episodes any day now. A couple stories I want to share, and then I'll let you go. So I, I briefly said something about the book The Circle by Dave Eggers. It's incredible. You have to go out and buy it. It's, the Circle basically is this made-up, quote-unquote, technology company that is kind of like Facebook and Apple. It's controlling the world. It's very allegorical. It's very timely. It's so well-written. And it's really an eye-opener. If my podcast isn't an eye-opener, towards how technology is affecting our culture, then I think you should check out this book, The Circle by Dave Eggers. And hopefully between my podcast and this book, one of us can get you to realize 
that these technological devices and platforms are having a far greater negative impact than I think a lot of us realize. But I wanted to read something to you from the book. There's this really funny, amazing scene where the main character's ex-boyfriend is having issues with the main character, May, about communication. And so I just want to read this to you. But the book, again, it's called The Circle by Dave Eggers. I guess it was made into a movie, but I highly suggest it. It's so well written. And so anyway, here we go. I'm going to just read this section to you. All right, May, we have to change how we interact. Every time I see or hear from you, it's through this filter. You send me links. You quote someone talking about me. You say you saw a picture of me on someone's wall. It's always this third-party assault. Even when I'm talking to you face-to-face, you're telling me what some stranger thinks of me. It becomes like we're never alone. Every time I see you, there's a hundred other people in the room. You're always looking at me through a hundred other people's eyes. And then she responds, don't get dramatic about it. I just want to talk with you directly without you bringing in every other stranger in the world who might have an opinion about me. And then she responds, I don't do that. You do, May. A few months ago, you read something about me. And remember this? When I saw you, you were so standoffish. That's because they said you were using endangered species for your work. And then he responds, but I've never done that. And then she says, well, how am I supposed to know that? And then he responds, you can ask me. Actually ask me. You know how weird that is that you, my friend and ex-girlfriend, gets her information about me from some random person who's never even met me. And then I have to sit across from you, and it's like we're looking at each other through this strange fog. And then she says, fine, sorry. Will you promise me to stop doing this, he asks. Stop reading online? I don't care what you read, but when you and I communicate, I want to do it directly. You write to me, I write to you. You ask me questions, and I answer them. You stop getting news about me from third parties. But then she, re- then she says, but Mercer, you run a business. You need to participate online. These are your customers, And this is how they expose themselves and how you know if you're succeeding. And then he says, this is great. See, that's not true, May. It's not true. I know I'm successful if I sell chandeliers. If people order them, then I make them and they pay me money for them. If they have something to say afterwards, then they can call me or write me. I mean, all this stuff you're involved in, it's all gossip. It's people talking about each other behind their backs. That's the vast majority of this social media. All these reviews, all these comments, your tools have elevated gossip, hearsay, and conjecture to the level of valid mainstream communication. And besides that, it's fucking dorky. (laughs) Wow. I mean, I say that all the time. And this goes into a very important last point, and this infuriates me. And maybe I'm a little sensitive to it because I just spent the last two years of my life writing a book, but I consider myself an author. Even though the book isn't published, and I'm hoping the book will be published soon, 
I will then be an author. Well, I was just on Facebook the other day, and a friend of mine posted something about wanting some suggestions about where he should go on his honeymoon. And so 15, 20 people, me included, responded with different suggestions on where he should go with his honeymoon. So today I open up Facebook, and I fucking was blown away when I saw this. I saw the word author underneath his name every time he responded to somebody's comment on his post. So fucking Facebook is changing the definition of author. I looked up the word author, and the word author means a writer or creator of a book, piece of literature, or an article. An author is not somebody who posts something on fucking Facebook. That is not an author. It drives me insane how Facebook and Instagram have literally changed the landscape of what words mean and the way people communicate. And the CEO of Instagram refers to DMs and comments as conversations. Those aren't conversations. I also looked up the definition of conversation a few months ago because I was so irate by the way Instagram CEO refers to the way people communicate on their platform as conversations. Conversations require two people actually talking. That is a conversation. Sending a DM to somebody or a text is not a conversation. And writing a post on your Facebook feed, something like, oh, what's your suggestion on where I should go on my honeymoon? Or, oh, I'm at the Lakers game tonight. Is anybody here? Those are not authors. Those are just people writing comments or some little ditty about their day-to-day life. They're not authors. Drives me crazy. It literally drives me crazy sometimes how Facebook and Instagram are dwindling everybody down and changing the meanings of words right in front of our very eyes. And I talk about this a lot. I talked about it, I think, a week ago where I get so frustrated sometimes when I call somebody and then they email me back or I email somebody and they don't even email me back. And this isn't like some famous celebrity that I'm emailing. These are my quote unquote friends. Do you get that? Do you email or text people and they don't email you or write you back? It's mind blowing to me what's happening. And I think it's important to talk about And the show is about trying to bring some of the simple, organic methods in which we as human beings used to communicate all the time to trying to bring these forms of communication back to the forefront, bring the DMs, the texts down, and bring actual conversations, actual reading of books back into our lives. I really appreciate you listening. Episode 99. I can't believe I'm on episode 99. If you dig the show, head on over to iTunes. Please give the show a review. Give it a five star. That stuff really helps. Share the show with friends. That also really helps immensely. Reach out to me on Instagram and say hello. You can reach me on Instagram or Twitter at Eddie Cohn. You can support the show at my Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash Eddie Cohn. If you're in LA, I teach over at Hyperslow teach over at Ohmtown, 
and I'm going to be starting to teach at a place called Astro Gong Yoga. If you didn't know that, I'm also a yoga teacher, so please come on over, take class with me anytime. And that is it. As always, thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast.